Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Openly Nerdy Podcast. This is Sean, your host. Our co-host, Adrian, could not be here today. So I have a couple of guests on the show with me. First is Famine, Famine Cosplay. And uh, he's a prop builder, a cosplayer out of the East Coast. And then I have Nick's Workshop uh, right here in good old Los Angeles, also a prop maker and cosplayer. Um, so I will give them minutes to introduce themselves. Uh, Famine, why don't you go first? I am Famine Cosplay. Um, I go by Famine. I've been known by that name for over 13 years. Um, I do cosplay all the way from Star Wars down the line to Firefly, TV shows, movies. Um, I'm also looking at doing some music-related cosplay projects that have been put on hold because of this lovely pandemic. Prop making, I build props across several fandoms. I've taken commissions from fandoms I've never seen before, so I've had source material sent to me uh, that I didn't understand, but I made it look like the picture and the people were happy. So a uh, bit of a jack of all trades. I dabble in a little bit of resin printing, foam smithing, wood fabrication, uh, metal work. I was a sheet metal fabricator for seven years. Um, three of those years were spent high-level production painting for aircraft, so I really got my hands in every aspect of the field except for filmmaking. That's awesome, dude. That's a lot of background. Yes. Uh, Nick, why don't you introduce yourself next? Hi, I'm Nick's Workshop. Uh, you know, Nick, not, I need to come up with a good handle. <laughs> um, but I'm a, I'm a prop builder, cosplayer. I've been doing this for just a little over speed two and a half years and um i um i do uh 3d design and printing i also um i i do the 3d printing i do um foam smithing and um try to make my own designs i also do um cosplay edits and things so um that is uh kind of what i do in the pandemic it's been a lot more edits and things so, um, but that's been fun. It's, it's good to um, it, expand your horizons and also um, getting into all that. So that's me. That's very cool. Um, I've mentioned before, I think on our first episode, I do some cosplay. I don't do any prop building or costume design because that's not my forte. Um, but Nick is working on a couple of things for me for an upcoming yeah. cosplay. Um, hopefully for next year. And um so I just, I have talented friends that I've met through cosplay that build things and make costumes. And so I commission everything and just wear it. Um, that's my level for now. Um, almost bought a 3D printer in this pandemic, but there's literally nowhere in my house to put it. So I'm like, well, if I move again, maybe I'll be able to get a 3D printer. Takes a little space. Yeah, I, I have zero. You're looking at the amount of my room here. This is pretty much it. Um, but yeah, that's my background in cosplay. So uh, when did you guys get into cosplay? Like at what age did you decide you wanted to start cosplaying? What drew you into it? Nick, you want to go on that one first? Yeah, sure. Um, cosplay. So um, a few years ago, I was working on a, an independent feature film. And uh, I, I'd been working on it for a few years. And you end up being a, a bit of a, a jack of all trades we were making um, sets, making uh, water uh, rain machines and um, all kinds of things. I also had to make a, a prop box that had a lock mechanism 
And um, when that was over, I really had this desire to just make things. It kind of opened up like a problem solving part of my brain. And so I spent uh, about a year watching uh, tutorial videos on YouTube and um, then uh, eventually got up the, the nerve to uh, make some costumes and go to a few cons. But um, that's kind of where it started with me. It's the, it's the problem solving, it's having fun with the design and playing with uh, the idea of these characters, maybe seen in different lights sometimes. But um, it's just, uh, it, it opened up something in my brain that I just can't scratch enough of niche for. Were you attending cons before you started cosplaying? Never once. I'd never been to a con. I'd been to, um, you know, uh, like uh, film product conventions where they, they have different cameras and things, but never, uh, never any fandoms, never uh, conventions that way. Okay, that's interesting. How about you, Famine? I have always been uh, into Halloween. So every year my costumes were elaborate and I honestly didn't, I had no idea what cosplay was. Um, I had seen uh, animes really big at cons here. So, you know, over the summer and in the winter, I'd be driving down the street and see kids dressed as uh, characters from Dragon Ball Z and, and One Piece. And I really didn't know what they were doing. And a buddy of mine took me to New York Comic Con at the last minute. And I went and had a great time. And I saw everybody in costume. And I thought, holy cow, this is, this is something I could do. I, you know, I spend all these, this time making elaborate costumes. So I, uh, my very first costume was for a local convention. I decided, with no experience other than costume making for Halloween, I'm going to make a Batman costume in three days. Um, took an extreme crash course online on YouTube and didn't pay attention to any of the minutiae. I just, okay, hot glue, foam, use heat that looks like a hairdryer, put the costume together, got to the convention. It was so cold because October here in upstate New York, where I'm based out of, uh, it's either going to be 80 degrees or it's going to be negative 10. Happened to be negative 10 that day. And my costume, after three photographs that we got, which are on my Instagram and I will hopefully never ever lose them, three pictures we got, my costume began to disassemble itself and fall apart. So I was kind of disheartened uh, for a couple of weeks and then got an invitation to go to an MC Chris concert. And he has a costume contest that he does every time he tours in October and November. Had a Halloween party coming up where I had already planned on doing Ghost Rider. So I embellished the costume, whipped it up as, as best I could with my skill level at the time, went to the show and won the costume contest at that location. From there, I was like, all right, I love this costume stuff. I apparently can do it year round. There's no one that's gonna stop me. <laughs> Let me find out what conventions are nearby. And I started making friends who went to smaller conventions and conventions out of state. And from there it grew and I've been doing this for six years. Sounds about right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Nice. I started going to cons just to walk around and see things and buy things and kind of look at the cosplays. Um, after I got into the films and the movies and all that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> and then I got a couple like casual cosplays I would do when I could grow hair. I did Wolverine a lot. Uh, now it would just be totally creepy to see a bald dude with mutton chops. That's why uh, I grew it back out for Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. I may try, but it takes so long. Um, I go to my go-to now is Punisher. I do, um, Jack's from Sons of Anarchy. 
on occasion. I have a new Jedi one that I haven't even worn yet because I just bought it right before. And I bought it actually for Star Wars Celebration hmm. out here. And then, you know, well, 2022, I'll, I will be there and I'll have more than one Star Wars cosplay by that point. Um, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> Some troopers and all that and stuff. It Real quick, nobody warns you about how much money you're going to spend at conventions. No. no. <laughs> when they baited me in with cosplay, nobody said, hey, by the way, there's all these dealer tables and everything. So it's it's a gateway drug. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have some friends that are interested in starting. And I'm like, just be aware that if you go to convention and you like it, they are addicting. Um, and if you meet a really good group of people at cons then it gets more addicting because then it's like we all live so far spaced out from like san diego up through like northern california for our main group that we only see each other at cons not because we don't want to hang out but because there's so many miles between all of us um so i started cosplaying i had a casual i think i was in my sons of anarchy cosplay at comic expo in long beach in 2018 was it 18 or 19 we met nick was it two years ago? Um, LA, that would have been end of 18. So we met at 19 at Long Beach Expo in like yes. January of 2019. Right. And Russ, who's single dad cosplay and point blank shot photography was like, stand there, don't move. And he started taking pictures. And I thought he was getting reference lighting for something else. And next thing I know, my picture is on Temple of Geek. Um, from That's his way. At Expo. And that's where I met everybody from Nick and all the people that I currently cosplay with or hang around at cons. Um, so that was my origin story. Um, do you guys have a story for how you came up with your Instagram handle? I mean, Nick, mine's not all that excited. It, it's, <laughs> it's just Nick's workshop. I used to be uh, N. Lanson with some some sort of numbers, but it's um, it's hard when it doesn't seem like it's probably a person behind the handle. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's just Nick's workshop. I um, I could have done uh, Nick cosplay, but workshop seemed more apt as uh, you know I'm I'm always working on things. It's not necessarily cosplay but it's also not not cosplay but um it's just the the place where i like to to craft things so <laughs> you, you have a very fitting name for what you do so it works i try i, yeah. I thought like people know my name it works yeah yeah how about you kevin um so i've been famine like i said for 13 years uh it was a nickname that a group of buddies of our uh of a mutual friend of mine had come up with for each one of us, one of the horsemen of the apocalypse and it stuck and it carried on over to different mm. websites and forums that I was a part of. And then when it came to create my cosplay page, I was like, well, everybody knows me as famine outside of this. I'm just going to go ahead and use famine. Not thinking that I would pick up more than 50 followers because I didn't understand Instagram <laughs> or how, people are attracted to cosplay. I genuinely had no idea. So yeah. uh, I went with famine cosplay because that has been my nickname and it is stuck. That's the brand now. Now I can't not be famine. So <laughs> if I change the name now, people are still going to call me famine anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You've definitely branded yourself. I, I actually rebranded. This is my, on this account, this is the second handle I've had. Um, so I started as weapon X fit, which I was into kickboxing big time and doing a lot of workouts like six days nice. a week. And, 
and smashing it. And Wolverine was my go-to, my fitness, my fitness inspiration, you know. Um, and then as I got less into fitness, when I got hurt and had to take time off, and then I got sick and got out of it, and I was doing more cosplay than workouts. And I found out that Castellone is the original last name of Frank Castle, who's the Punisher, um, as an Italian-American, and then myself being Italian. Um, I thought it was a fitting handle in respect to, you know, my heritage. Uh, and he's my go-to at all times. Uh, at one con, con, every time, one day I'm, I'm Frank Castle at some point. So that would be mine. Um, looking back at childhood, were you guys into fandoms and comics as kids? Like, did you read a lot or what was your first introduction to like the nerdy world? as we would call it. I, I was always a reader um, when I was a child. So when I came across comic books, I was probably maybe eight, nine years old at the uh, local hardware store. Um, I just got sucked in. And then that was right around the time when Fox started airing X-Men, the Amazing Spider-Man series, the um, Iron Man, Batman, the animated series was on Fox. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was on. So, like, I feel like I hit the golden age of here's all these fandoms. You're going to get roped in. Good luck. And, and uh, I actually, as big a Star Wars fan as I am, tattoos and everything, I was mortified the first time I saw A New Hope. That cantina scene terrified me. And I didn't watch it for years until I was probably 12 or 13 years old. So I was a fan of comics and and comic-based cartoons before I got into film fandoms. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that was what hooked me, though, was the, the seeing comic books at the hardware store for the first time and then being able to watch them on TV and then finding out that they're different in the comic books than what's on TV. And then, mm -hmm. of course, you get the movies, and it's, it's fascinating for me to see it across all mediums and see the differences in the stories and what I like and don't like. Yeah, I think a lot of people... I'm guessing we're about the same age, grew up in that X-Men, Batman animated series saga was the one thing that the gateway drug for us. Even if we didn't read comics at the time, that was the, that was the gateway drug for us. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Nick? Um, let me see. I, uh, I read a lot. I drew a lot as a kid. Hmm. And so um, a lot of it was, um, I'd, I'd like to draw my own superheroes and things. My um, uncle was a cartoonist, uh, worked for Disney on several things. So um, he'd uh, he'd like to show me he um, he let me borrow his um, drawing the Stan Lee way for Marvel. That's cool. And so um, is it's a rad book. But um, so I I got into drawing a lot um, in elementary school. I played a lot of the um, they had the Star Wars collectible card game, mm -hmm. and that like really opens you up to like you see the movies and you enjoy the movies, but there's like a world behind it is it goes deep and you uh, you get addicted to like collecting these stories and and playing the mountain things and you know obviously everything with uh the spider-man show the x-men show batman animated series i mean that uh that was prime growing up years yeah yeah those uh, the, to me the two best animated series are still x-men 92 and uh, the Batman animated series. Oh, so good. Along with along with um, Batman Beyond. Yeah. I mean, both of those Batman shows were like defining moments for Batman in, in our childhood. 
Um, and they they won Emmys for the show. Yeah. Like how how often does a kids pro a kids program in quotes get Emmy nominations in adult categories? It was so well written, and it, that show still stands the test of time. And so does X Men, and so does Spider Man. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Today, before I did all this, Disney Plus was playing in the background, and I had Spider Man going on because it's it's easy to follow. It's yep. not complicated, but they still managed to convey complicated storylines and somehow made it consumable for young adults and, and kids. Because honestly, if you told me that I was going to be learning about some guy named Dormammu and portals and Iron Man was going to be there and all this other stuff. And I didn't know what any of that was. You could sit down and watch that show and they made it so it's accessible and you can ingest that. And then if you're interested, go look up, okay, um, I'm going to go to the comic store and ask, Hey, you got any uh, Dormammu comics? Like what, what's that from Dr. Strange? Okay. Let me, let me have some of those books and it, it mm -hmm. makes it like a, a gateway drug. Yeah. 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 And they don't, uh, they don't pull punches jumping in right into those, those complicated storylines too. I mean, you've got, uh, you're playing with multiple dimension Spider-Mans and now they're, they're jumping real deep into that in the comics. And um, I mean, complicated storylines just jump right into the Phoenix saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy and obscure stuff too. Yeah, yeah, they do. They don't dumb it down. The kids understand it, and it's written to entertain us too. You know, like yeah. we're still consuming. I, I'm not buying them in paper form anymore because I just don't have space. But I read on the apps. You know, Comicology, Marvel, DC, uh, Marvel Unlimited. Um, always reading something. And you're right with Star Wars, especially. There's so much stuff. I mean, there's books and there's novels and there's. Oh man. TV shows they won't let us see because they don't want to admit they made them. Uh, yeah. like the Christmas special, <laughs> right? There's um, five different versions of every movie. Yeah. Um, there's fan versions of the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then there's and then there's fanfic, right? If you want to yeah. really deep dive into like a world of stuff that you could not read everything if you tried to. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, but, you've got your your extended universe, your canon, your fanfic. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys have a current favorite fandom and like, what are you reading and watching? And is, does that play into what your plans are coming up? Um, right now I'm reading a bunch on the DC app. I'm trying to get up to speed on, um, the, the death metal arc. Mm -hmm. So I'm, uh, I'm on the DC app. I just finished the, uh, no justice arc. And uh, reading through some of the the recent Justice League, though before that, I just finished um, White Knight, uh, the mm -hmm. the Batman limited series. Um, I have to get into Curse of the White Knight still, but that series was incredible. That's where Joker's and, uh, Joker's the hero, right? Yeah, he um, he's cured and he becomes Jack Napier, and then he starts on this campaign against the vigilanteism and the corruption that comes from batman's vigilanteism that people are profiting from it and that like essentially this gotham creates the criminals to create a problem to fix to profit from hmm. and so now my my mind is a flutter with jack napier cosplay new ideas new thing. gto jack uh gto flak jacket or something do it might i might do it i have to do some designing how about you, Famine? 
as far as fandoms that I'm currently hooking myself back into, um, I just came off of a long burn of Star Wars, um, watching the last season of Clone Wars and rewatching Rebels, yes. uh, going through all the movies again. Uh, stepped away from that just to give my brain some time because if left to my own devices, I'd be making props from every single one of those properties. Yep. And I have commissions to work on. Darn it. Uh, so I've dove, dove, dived. I've, I've gotten back into uh, the Boom Studios Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comics. They did some really great stuff with Shattered Grid, uh, which crossed over all the different universes um, and allowed them to tell a different tale with characters that we knew from television, uh, the original Power Rangers. And that's really got me hooked in. I just went to my local comic shop for the first time since this pandemic started, um, since they've opened back up. And I was able to pick up the latest two trade paperbacks of those stories. And I haven't, do I haven't, haven't jumped into those yet, but I did thumb through and look at the artwork and just some of the artworks remarkable because it captures the the imagination the imaginative style that the the television show had but also just the crisp level of comic book art that you can get and the people that they've hired at boom studios really makes it its own thing but at the same time like you know you're reading power rangers you've got that that metal music playing in the background of the fights and you know all the characters noises yes. you know what their voices sound like so it really makes it an immersive experience for me yeah, Boom does fantastic books. And Marvel, um, I, I also collect action figures. So Marvel has been putting out uh, Marvel Legends figures through Hasbro. And as, as I collect them, they're coming out with more and more obscure characters. And that's how they hook me in now because I'm like, man, I had heard of this Black Tom Cassidy guy, but I, I never really looked in him. His figure looks pretty cool. Then I'm reading about him and... And then I'm looking into the Hellfire Club, and, and then I'm, it's just, they get me every time. You know, they have a wave out right now, which is the Amazing Spider-Man um, toy line. Basically, they recreated a bunch of the classic toys from the 1990s and released them on new bodies. And I'm going back and watching, like I said, the old show and looking at comics and being, oh, man, that's different and that's different. So Marvel's got their talents to me, too. I don't think they ever completely let go. No, they're masterful at marketing and at keeping us roped in on something. If it's toys, if it's yeah. comics, if it's movies, if it's TV, um, you know, I'm I'm waiting still for Winter Soldier and Falcon. Yeah. Um, I know they had to postpone filming, and then waiting for um, WandaVision, you know, which is they've all been rescheduled. Um, but we do get Mandalorian season two in a couple of months because that was finished yes. filming just before everything shut down. So I'm looking forward to that. I, I am surprised we don't have a trailer yet. I thought for sure Comic-Con came, we would have something. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they, they want to keep, I think I feel like we didn't get a trailer much last time either for it. I think they keep things pretty tight to the, um, tight to the vest. They're just starting back last couple of weeks with a lot of um, work at the studios finally, because, you know, the one thing they can do during a pandemic that they can still produce are animated shows. Because they can yep. give everybody mics and computers and you can animate it from home. Um, so a lot of the animation stuff is back in swing from what I hear from different TV shows, from different things coming out. Um, yeah. And they had all the filming done for Mandalorian too. So they're just working on the, I'm sure they're just touching up effects and CGI. And, and how the well they kept the baby secret. That was the oh best God. kept secret in Hollywood. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. Well, I, I wonder what they're going to bring to us this year. Uh, 
you know, that's going to capture our hearts and imaginations. <laughs> Will we get a, a name baby for the baby Wookie. is the question. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> An unnamed baby Wookiee. So you just call it baby Chewy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. It's important. You have to be able to imprint your own feelings on it. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm catching up on old stuff reading. I'm reading uh, Knights of Old Republic for uh, it's an insanely long read. I'm in book two, almost at the end of book two now. Um, I just started Dr. Afra, which is a Star Wars book, which is mm-hmm. really fantastic. I hadn't heard of it before. It was mentioned on an SDCC panel um, by a girl who's taking over writing volume two. And I'm like, I haven't heard of volume one. Um, so I dove into it and it's, it's really good so far. I'm reading the book of Sith right now to start it last night and then there's a black widow novel called forever red a young adult novel uh that i'm reading i heard about that um it's pretty good things it's really good it's really good and there's a sequel to it now too because it's so old that it actually has a second book um i'm like two-thirds of the way through that i think uh right now so i'm a very slow reader i don't read a lot so like i'll read for like two or three weeks, I'll read every day, and then I haven't read for two weeks now. So I need to get back into the swing, because once the TV goes when, on, I'm just I'm hooked. Yeah. <laughs> when you when you get through the uh, Old Republic saga, uh, the Republic comics that take place over the course of the Clone Wars, those were phenomenal, and they're no longer canon, if okay. if I remember. But okay. the stories are great, and they introduce some just fantastic writing and and fantastic artwork. I recommend them. Okay. I'll, I'll hopefully I can get those on the digital app or on the, on the unlimited app or something. There's a lot of Star Wars that I didn't realize on the Marvel unlimited app. Um, it's been kind of a nice plethora of stuff and not having to pay any more than the monthly fee. Um, do you Bonus. guys? Yeah, definitely. And I still <laughs> buy stuff on the Marvel app that I can't find. So it's a double bonus yeah. for them. They're getting money out of two of my pockets uh, as they do from all of us, I think. Um, Willingly guys- given. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite cosplay of your of your own, or do you have a fan favorite one that people like automatically know you by? Hmm. I mean, I'd say for me, the one that gets the most looks is I have a a flight suit, Hal Jordan Green Lantern, and um, it's got um, UV lights in the the brim of the helmet, so it lights up these UV reactive eyes. And like from across the room, people just like look in, in shock and in awe. But <laughs> and then it's got uh, light up armor all over the place. But recently, I've been really digging on uh, uh, doing my version of Cyclops, which mm-hmm. was fun to kind of design design your own, like uh, war weathered, maybe like futured um, mutant, uh, you know, insurgent or whatever. But um, that that's been getting some good amount of attention. I was in a um, an Instagram contest last year that's coming up again soon. The um, extraordinary men of gentlemen cosplay mm. competition, and uh, that Cyclops got uh, it was in pairs, but we were in the the last grouping, which is pretty cool. Yeah, cool. nice to see a non-canon version. You know, still still get a foothold with people. So that was really exciting. Yeah, I think people, that one thing about cosplay I realized, people like seeing the the new takes, the independent takes, you know, what you guys' vision is and like little variations of things. 
uh, and people also like seeing like the screen accurate or book accurate stuff, but there's definitely more room for artists that like to design in the cosplay community. I feel like. Uh, yeah, it's rad. I, uh, I, I really dig just uh, doing your own take, but also there's something to the level of detail that um, people that want to do a whole Canon outfit can like, it's really impressive, especially when you, uh, you, start making your own costumes and things and you see it on other people you go holy crap that yeah. took so much work i can i can tell that took hours and hours yeah that's that's absolutely true uh how about you famine do you have one that you that sticks out for people or that you wear most often um i guiltily do not often wear the same costume. And I tell every new cosplayer that I come across, you don't have to have a new cosplay for every convention. <laughs> and then I look at my Instagram feed and go, that was from that con, that was from that con, that was from that con. So that being said, <laughs> the one I get the most, uh, the biggest reaction from when I do wear it out was my Darth Vader uh, revealed, which was again, a take on Darth Vader being battle damaged. I have the whole open face helmet with the wires coming out. I, I um, learned a trick from a drag queen on how to completely erase my eyebrow from my face because Darth Vader doesn't have any eyebrows. Um, they were burned off in the lava. And that one gets just a, a huge pop whenever I go out in it. Um, kids come running up because generally, for whatever reason, children seem to hang out on my left a lot and I haven't figured out why. Um, so they see the Darth Vader helmet completed and then when I turn my head and they see this mangled, marred up scarred face with the liquid latex lines and everything, they absolutely lose it. And the parents, they see Darth Vader and they, oh, you know, I, I've been handed, I'm no consent, I've been handed more children in that costume, just people handing me their, their baby. And I'm, I'm not a jerk. I'm not going to drop your baby, but also like, do you want to hold my baby? No, thank you. So <laughs> it'll just hand me a child and be like, Oh, we're taking a picture. And now I've got this baby and I'm trying to hold a lightsaber. And how do you pose with a kid? I'm Darth. I feel like I should float it in the air. Um, so, so that one gets a big, big reaction, but as, so as now turn as to them, yeah. say now turn to them and say, I am your father. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep the kid. I need a new apprentice. Uh, <laughs> That's right. As far as my personal favorite, it'd have to be um, probably my Jane Cobb from Firefly. Mm. Because when you, it's kind of like people are with Metallica. If you're a fan of Metallica and you see another guy in a Metallica shirt, people are like, Metallica! Whereas if you see someone cosplaying Firefly in your brown coat, people lose their minds because it's still small enough to be that underground fan favorite but at the same time like it gets so exciting for people to see people in that cosplay and i didn't know anybody watched that and it mm -hmm. turns into a whole discussion every time which yeah, is I very cool yeah i just saw firefly for the first time last year um so i hadn't seen it when i was younger when it was out i watched firefly and serenity last year um really enjoyed it i don't think there's anything i want to cosplay from it per se hmm. but enjoyed the read enjoyed the watch a lot um and there's some books coming out or coming out or came out just recently that Josh so um, brand new stuff that he hasn't released before. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to flock to that now. Um, I, I have them right next to me. Nice. They are, so, so very good. And it's just like the Power Rangers comics. It's one of those things where their voices exist. You know, that universe, how it sounds, how it feels. So coupled with the beautiful artwork 
and the clever writing. It's like you're watching episodes. It's like you're watching another Serenity-based movie. It's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um, all right. Nice. Negan, Negan also gets a big reaction from people. Oh, I bet. Uh, they mainly want to hold the bat. They want to hold Lucille. Um, and for whatever reason, it's like when you when you cosplay a bad guy, you, you get like, ah, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a rebel if you're Darth Vader, or you know, if you're cosplaying Craven and people like you, you know, Spider Man's the best, blah blah blah. When you're Negan, man, people are mean. <laughs> Because of what he did in the comics and what he did in the show, and he's he's mm. truly a terrible, I personally think irredeemable character, which is why I like it so much. But man, people just use that as an excuse to be mean. Yeah, um, I cosplay a, a pro wrestler by the name of Kevin Owens. Um, I've been told I favor him in the face, so hmm. I liked his wrestling. I gave it a shot. I actually dropped a ton of weight to get there. But people are mean. <laughs> they think that's a a free and easy excuse and it's 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 pretty wild <laughs> that's funny yeah i've noticed i i tend to play the anti-heroes more um because i don't have to be like super outgoing and social and nice to everybody i can be kind of a jerk um or not real chatty and i'm not I, i'm i'm a i'm an introvert by nature so being out at cons is very tiring for me um until i have a group that i'm comfortable with and i can be outgoing with the group um so things like punisher like sons of anarchy like they're they're all not good guys right but um they're not villains or evil either necessarily um they have a code and they they stick to it so you know i i, I understand that part of it too um do you have a favorite convention that you go to every year like when you look forward forward to every year um I'm guessing that your answer won't match our answer because you're on the East Coast and probably haven't done a lot out here on the West. I I do have a favorite com, uh, convention out here. It's Rhode Island Comic Con. Um, they've had some some problematic issues with ownership, but it seems to have been resolved. Uh, they consistently for our area out here on the East Coast have the best lineup of guests, mm. the most affordable prices, mm -hmm. and also the most affordable three-day package from what I've seen which really made it easy for us to decide to go for a full three-day convention in another state because both New York and California are in the top three largest states in, in the United States and they're mm -hmm. giant states. So convincing me to travel through Massachusetts and over to Rhode Island and stay for three days instead of where if I'm in New York, I can kind of go home. Um, it's, it's a tough sell, but they, they always have A-list actors and then they get all the B-list stars that you never think you'd see at a convention. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting so many great cosplayers and, and making friends. Um, it's, it's a really great con, the way that they lay it out, the way that they have it set up in their convention center, the way guests are approachable there. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of conventions I've been to have the guests kind of behind a paywall almost. So you have to basically purchase an autograph in order to get into the area where their people set up at their tables. Rhode Island has it set up so that you can just approach them and they don't have a, Hey, you have to pay, you know, $20 to get a picture and speak. You can just go over and say, Hey, I'm, I'm a big fan of the show that you're on, blah, blah, blah. It's really great to see you. And they interact with you and they have a good time. They'll walk away from their table and walk around, stop at other people's tables that they know from television series where they've done voice acting. And it's, it feels like a, 
it feels like a corporate convention, but a hometown convention at the same time in the best sort of ways for both kind. Hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's very accessible. It was very accessible for anybody with a disability. They really went out of their way to make it an all-inclusive event. And it's just something that I look forward to every year. I'm bummed this year. Obviously, it's not going to happen for good reason. But the next time it goes, I, I, really, I really recommend that if anybody's on the East Coast listening to this, that they're like, I want to go to something different than New York. I want to go to something different than Empire or other conventions that are in this area or something bigger than a small town con. Check out Rhode Island Comic Con and Boston Comic Con as well. Uh, it's now the Boston Fan mm-hmm. Expo. Mm-hmm. It's a little, bit, um, a little bit more corporate. Like mm-hmm. I said, they have a lot of sponsors like Verizon and things that you wouldn't think um, are nerdy um, in their nature on their own. But the, the people that are there seem to be thrilled to be there. And they also get big name guests and have a lot of interactive um, setups with cosplayers who have their own tables there. So those two, those two conventions out here are, are just really superb. And we're getting more uh, video game conventions out here, which I've, I've also... Hmm. guested at a couple of those because I do cosplay characters who are featured in video games. Um, I updated one of my Ghostbuster cosplays to match more of the video game suit at the Empire State Game Expo. That's a really good convention that's local and now it's being held in our big convention center which is two stories, very large place, has a huge ballroom and they they've really pulled out all the stops to try and give us a similar experience to other conventions like New York, like uh, the Fan Expo in Boston, like Rhode Island Comic Con, a little bit like San Diego. They're really pulling the pulling out all the stops. And it'll be interesting to see if they can maintain that level of excellence with the COVID era going on and how we're going to move forward with conventions after this is all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Nick? Do you have a favorite con that you look forward to every year over the rest? Um, you know, the, there's a hand, there's a handful, but, um, WonderCon is incredible. Um, I went to my first last year and, uh, you know, it's, um, it's like the, the younger one to, um, San Diego Comic-Con, but, um, it just blew my mind. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't put your arm out without hitting a cosplayer at, yeah. uh, at WonderCon. It was, um, it was crazy. But, um, and that's just a, a big con and they have uh, big announcements and panels and things and uh, just all the exhibitors. And you know, that's when you start running into um, people coming from different states to come into the convention too. Mm-hmm. So you meet people that you wouldn't necessarily um, run into all the time. Yeah. And, then, um, hmm? and including international people coming to that. Including con. international people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People you care about. You know, yeah. there, there's people you uh, you spend a lot of time talking to, and you get to see them in person. So that's that's incredible. It's really great. And um, LA Comic Con is uh, is also a big one I look forward to. Um, you know, I haven't been going to conventions as long, so that's one of the few I've been to twice, mm-hmm. and uh, each time has has been great. And it, it's great to have a, a group of people you uh, you spend time with, and you look forward to seeing there and that's a a really great local con. I know they're set to um 
to have it in December, I, I don't know what the situation will be then. So, I mean, I, I know they're looking into um, trying to make it as uh, safe as possible, and I appreciate the effort. I, I don't necessarily see it being possible at that time, but, you know, I, I appreciate people are making plans. So Yeah, I think a lot of them are postponing before they cancel because it's probably a contractual thing. Um, yeah. You know, they have to postpone it once and try um, – or they won't get any of their deposit back maybe or something. You know, I don't know what the, what the contracts say, but you might be able to just cancel the first time. Phoenix did the same thing. Phoenix is one of my favorite conventions because they get a lot of like A-list stars. There's this little convention that's 60 bucks for a four-day convention. Um, and hotels and Airbnb. most baseball games. That's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hotels and Airbnbs are cheap out there. I mean, I've heard, uh, I heard Stan Lee speak there one year. Um, I heard, I actually left another conference I was at to go to see Stan Lee speak. I was like, sorry, I'm missing the first couple of sessions. I'm going down to Comic-Con. Um, <laughs> nice. They're like, what are we going to do? Um, Kerry Hughes spoke there, Danny Trejo, uh, Bernthal in his first year as Punisher was speaking. And then he had to clean up his act when his daughter came out and wouldn't leave his lap. It was really funny. Like little kid on lap of Punisher. And he was like, all right, I got to be more clean now. Um, but fantastic, fantastic. Um, and like you said, the Phoenix one is more open with people. Like you still have to pay for stuff, but like you meet these people and you get the feeling that if you just bump into them in the hallway, they'll stop and take a picture. You know, uh, they asked Danny Trejo, how many times do you get bothered when you're out in public? And he's like, I don't get bothered. He goes, I know who I am. I know I, I that understand like that if I'm out, I'm going to be approached. He, you know, he says, I say a prayer every morning and every evening that I can sign every autograph and take every picture that is asked. He goes, because without my fans, I can't do what I do. Um, and he does the acting to pay for a lot of like drug rehab and alcohol abuse stuff that he still is active in ministering to. So he does that stuff. He does the acting to fund events and fund facilities to help people that struggle, which is really kind of a beautiful thing. Um, so two questions I got from people. When I said, hey, if you have a question, you know, I have two really amazing cosplayers and prop builders. And so open to audience participation. This one happened twice. Uh, what would you give, what advice would you give a new creator or cosplayer that's just getting into it or that hasn't done it yet? And is like, I'm considering maybe doing it and going to a con for the first time. Family, you want to go first on that? Um, or Nick, go ahead. Um, you know, I, I say just go for it. I was, um, working on costumes and things probably, uh, like eight months before I had the nerve up to go to, uh, a con. Hmm. It, it helps to have, uh, uh, some buddies to go with. Mm -hmm. That's nice for the first time. As far as, um, doing a cosplay, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be super elaborate and you don't have to, uh, you know, uh, spend two weeks on two hours of sleep per night, like uh, like I've I've done once or twice. But um, you know, it uh, it doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be um, canon. And um, as if you want to get into building things, there are incredible resources on YouTube. Um, I got hooked on um, Punished Props. There's a Camwe Cosplay. There's a Zombies Workshop. Um, there's a guy, his name is, uh, Sean, Sean Zhang. 
he does a lot of uh, fabrication and it's crazy to watch him because he just like, he does, it doesn't even look like he measures. He's just like, then you kind of cut out the form like that and then it fits. But um, there, there are incredible resources if you want to learn almost anything from uh, 3D design to making foam armor to um, even um, sewing your own um, costumes together. But there, there's also nothing wrong with uh, buying a costume. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, there's that aspect of getting to be in a character's skin for a while, where it, it's cool because you get to you get to see the characters and you admire them. But when you feel like you've been that character, you take on something else. So I I don't think there's an experience quite like it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I would agree too. Yeah, just do it. Um, how about you, Famine? Any any words of wisdom or? Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, first you said you were going to have two really great cosplayers on. Nick's already here, so who else is is coming along? Uh, <laughs> that would um, be you, sir. <laughs> no, sir. I saw that Hellboy. Ah, uh, yeah, my three day Hellboy. Um, be- beginning <laughs> advice for a beginning cosplayer: um, have some friends with you. Don't mm-hmm. take it too seriously. And enjoy yourself. Honestly, um, I think for 90% of the people that are going to put on a costume and go there uh, to a convention for the first time, they're probably going to be a little self-conscious. Know that you are surrounded by a bunch of other people who are just as excited to be there as you are, and they are going to be so excited to see you as whatever character you are, and you're going to be as excited to see whatever character they are. So just know that people want you to be doing well. when you're there so they're going to be excited and happy to see you it's not a matter of how great your first costume is like nick said how much money you've put into it it's about how you go and have fun in it and just have fun um enjoy it that's awesome yeah that's that's all i mean i literally my soa vest is hanging up back here and it's just bought from like ebay you know um and that was my first costume because it was it was comfortable all my cosplays are kind of comfortable too. I've noticed like Punisher, sense of Honor, it's stuff that I can move around in and I can react if I have to react to something. Um, the bonus. Yeah, I don't mind that. I like it. <laughs> um, comfort is a big thing for me. Uh, so, you know, be com- for your first one, probably make it something comfortable. Don't, you don't have to like ha- do this huge elaborate build. Um, and there are some fantastic elaborate builds that I've seen, you know, um, but is it Sturex that does all the massive things out here with the Punisher Warzone and the Thanos and mm-hmm. they're just and I couldn't and uh, uh Hummin too yeah Hummin too has the the um the Sentinel yeah. oh man that's he, some beast he he had the Thanos too didn't he he had the Thanos yeah. um he's also done I think I saw a Hulk and a Juggernaut yes yeah. I just, so, I don't think I could survive in that big of a costume all day. Just a big foam prison. Yeah. So hot. I hope he has cooling stuff in there. That's, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Some people, uh, they have fans. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. I, I, I wish I had learned uh, from these other people. It's almost, if there was a resource out there where people could learn um, what not to do with cosplays. <laughs> um, when I wore my Ghost Rider to a convention, uh, after winning the cosplay contest, which was in October, uh, the MC Chris cosplay contest, and that was in October. Uh, the next convention in our area was in June. 
So I broke the same costume out, which included a leather jacket, a real train, uh, excuse me, a real chain and a hot convention floor because the convention center has a indoor swimming pool. So they keep the temperature up. Oh, no. I, no. I almost die. <laughs> yeah. That's not an exaggeration. It became so hot that I finally decided, all right, I need to get out of here, which was probably about two hours past where I should have taken this costume off. I had a latex skull on. I had a collar, which created the foam. So that was trapping in heat, the leather jacket, the heavy chains, the spikes on it was a whole thing. So on my way out to the parking lot, as I'm undoing the collar and trying to go, I was so lightheaded and dizzy. I banged my head off of the door frame <laughs> going Jeez. out to the parking lot. So by the time I got out there and I got some assistance getting the chains off, I unzipped the jacket and dropped it on the ground and it made an audible squish noise Ooh. when it hit the ground because it was so full of sweat. My clothes were saturated. I oh, took God. the mask off and dumped the sweat out. So it's like, Ugh. Once you get past your first experience and you have a good time and you decide to get a little more ambitious, look to see what others have done and really try and learn from it because you could be stupid like me, not make that cho uh, choice, oh. not be smart, not take breaks to cool down and lose about 13 pounds of water weight and get dizzy enough to hit your head on the way out of the building. I should try that for a day. Ooh. 13 pounds sounds like it'd be helpful to me, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> Weight training. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that before, but in a week, I lost 12 pounds in a week one time when I was really just diet changing six workouts, six workouts a week. And I looked fantastic at the end of the six-week program. I was down to fighting weight again. Uh, nice. But yeah, not something I can do a, a, on, on a daily basis. So yeah. that's a lot of... Also, it a tip it it's helpful if you can see out of your costume i mean yeah. i suppose it's not necessary but um i am essentially blind when i'm cyclops and it's like oh i was waving to you i don't know i can't see all of two feet in front of me it's so you have bad. to have you have to have like a caretaker or a walker when you have yeah your cyclops you, on you need a gene gray to lead you around yeah. keep you out of trouble any, anytime I have a cosplay that requires a handler, I always pay their admission to the door mm -hmm. and I buy him a big meal afterwards because I know it's a pain walking around with someone who can't see. And mm -hmm. you, you got you to gotta be those yeah. hands, that extra set of hands, take pictures and steer them in the right direction. And just those, those folks are underappreciated. And to every cosplay handler out there, thank you on our behalf for doing a great Thank job you. and keeping us safe and keeping other people safe too because when you're in one of those costumes where you can't turn without taking out a room and yep. someone's steering you around you save a lot of people headaches and, and a lot of embarrassment of getting either knocked over or knocking something off your costume so cosplay handlers underrated need to be over appreciated they're they're phenomenal yes yeah i've i've helped with some cosplay handling even while i was in cosplay um because again mine are fairly light and easy to maneuver in so i like i, I can hold out have everything has pockets on it that i have you know so i can store stuff and move around That's, I, i'm learning to put more pockets on cosplay even when it doesn't require pockets because uh the second you're in a full costume and realize i have no place to put my phone my wallet um mm -hmm. any small accessories and you you kind of got to get real creative and real weird with it and then you have that panic of where'd I put my wallet? Where's my money again? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So add, adding pouches and, and, and secret stash locations to carry yourself. Solid idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So this was another question we got asked a couple of times. 
um, if you had unlimited time, which at this point we kind of do, because who knows when we're conning it again, and unlimited money and resources, what would your dream cosplay to build be? Ooh. Hmm. That's a damn good question. <laughs> so I've got unlimited time, unlimited resources, and unlimited money. Oh. Boy, that is... I, I truly don't know. I've, I've never been asked that question. It's, I try and focus on what's immediately available for me to do, um, what I can accomplish. It's not a lack of dreaming big. It's, you know what I'll say? A screen accurate uh, uh, Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow costume with nice. uh, the screen screen matched fabrics and the screen matched accessories. I've done Jack Sparrow twice, tracking down and making everything to period, to measurements, to color matches is very, very hard. And I know people that have uh, 100%, 99% costumes that are mm. just immaculate. And I have all the respect in the world for them, the amount of money that they put into the costume to be able to get the fabrics, the amount of skill that the tailors have to make them and just the the clever work that's done to detective and, and find certain pieces of costume that production designers even aren't sure where they came from. Um, yeah, that's, that's the one I'd go for because it's just, it's an immaculately put together costume and it takes a certain level of skill and a costume design to make it look like it's thrown together. But at the same time, it looks like it was put together in such a way to look as good as it does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nick, how about you? What what what's your ultimate cosplay? Endless money, endless time, just every resource available. That's tough because I, I was just trying to go through my my cosplayer list to see things I have. But um, generally, there are things that can kind of be done. Some some more elaborate ones is uh, at some point I really want to do the um, the cyborg Superman. Um, so I want to be able to, uh, you know, design the the half, uh, you know, Terminator face to to go with it and have the the body cutouts and everything. Um, that would be rad. Um, I don't know why these both made it on my list, but I, I want to do that uh, robot Batman from uh, was it his silicone heart from the the animated series, where it's the um, I forget the name of the company, um, Hardak. Hardak Batman, where he's uh, he's a robot who believes he's Bruce Wayne, but um, those are those are robots. There's um, I've wanted to do a Kikaider. That's a, a lesser known one, but that's uh, essentially like a like a Mega Man ish uh, cosplay. But it's got the the whole head and like there's uh, circuitry and lights that go in the the lobes of the head and everything, and uh, that would be cool, but I can't think of anything that I really wanted to like make a big construction for. Man, that's a good question. <laughs> Maybe a really elaborate venom. Ooh. If you just had like, or or I guess Carnage. Carnage would lend itself more to just like really massive, big old foam weapons or something. Yeah, but did you, um, did you see Melinda Jean's venom? She did. 
I feel like I must have. Why am I blanking right now? She has a gi- I think Russ shot it. She has a giant like blade for one of her hands. Oh man. I'll send it over to you. Yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah. The problem is you, you can start dreaming and then you can never stop. You, yeah. You'll never make anything if you want to make plans for everything. This is true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. My, my biggest dream build right now is probably still uh, the Punisher um, War Machine. Yes. I was like one of my favorite, one of my favorite um, books and, and looks for him. Cause this is like, That's, if he had all that firepower, he's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. That one's on my list. I actually have a um, MCU uh, war machine figurine that I got that I'm painting up to look like the uh, Netflix version of that character. Nice. The Netflix designs nice. um, that I'd love to make into a real costume, but that's more my wheelhouse anyways, the big foam builds. Mm-hmm. So that would, I feel like it would take me less time than, compiling the right fabrics and learning the stitchery and all that of mm-hmm. stitchery is that a, that's a thing hashtag stitchery um stitchery of <laughs> stitchery of of sewing together uh the jack sparrow costume so like that that's just one of those top tier that's it's one one day i'll say that one day nice yeah wait i can't wait to see that um oh that's one um i Eons ago, I did a, a Tron cosplay, but it was like the the first thing I'd ever soldered or hot glued in my life. And uh, I I really loved the way it came out, but it was basically completely unfinished foam and everything. But to actually make all of the um, <clears throat> like the the rubber latex panel pieces and do mm-hmm. all the lights and everything and do the sound effects, that would be an immensely elaborate build, especially because. They wanted to design it so there'd be no no seam lines or, or zippers because I mean why would you need that in a Tron universe? Mm. Um, yeah, that is is definitely like a higher level nice. project. I like it. I like it. Um, so, like a final question here: Do you guys have any current projects you're working on? Are you still doing projects even though we're not going to cons and like doing new stuff for Instagram or just for yourself in general? Nick, why don't you uh, take the lead on that one? Um, so before COVID hit, I was working a lot on a, um, so there was a um, gender bent X-Men group that was getting together. So I had picked um, uh, Magic, who is a, in some circles a well-known character, but in other circles, not so well-known. But um, especially with the new mutants coming out, that was um, going to be something exciting to make. Also, I mean, I don't think I can resist uh, just a big old light up sword. It just was too exciting for me. So I've been, I've been toying with that. I've, I've collected a bunch of things, but there's still a bunch of things I want to build. Um, um, there, there's upgrades to like my, my Hawkeye I want to work on. And um, that's probably some Batman iterations that I'd like to work on. And then um, I've been working on, um, commissions for people here and there different props and things it's um i mean i feel like everybody's uh lost uh, the the will a little bit with the covid i think everyone's working off of lower energy levels in general mm-hmm. so things have been slower but it, it's a good time to plan um but lately i've just been digging heavily into um 
sometimes I just pick people's pictures and I do photo edits of them. Um, I, I got up in, uh, last night and I put together like a, a look for the, uh, the magic. Nice. But, um, you know, but none of those props are made. <laughs> it's just imagery, but, um, yeah, working on a bunch of, um, photo edits, it's, it's real good for, um, conceptualizing and also just uh giving back to the, the community on instagram and everything sometimes i'll see something that really like lends itself to like oh you look like you have your hands out for that that fire effect i, I could throw that together but um yeah so mostly it's been the um the photo edits lately that have been most of my my cosplay but um also just still printing things and and fiddling now with uh, some more electronics so nice nice yeah i have i have one thing in the works um and nick knows about it because he's he's making some props for it um we have a, a super soldier group we were supposed to do for WonderCon um with red guardian and i was going to do u.s agent um who will be introduced in winter soldier and falcon um so yeah, and so I was hoping to do the original comic book version, not from Super Patriot, but when he became U.S. agent, because Super Patriot's a whole different costume look. Um, wanted to do it this year before the show came out. Now, I may still have that opportunity. I don't know when the show's going to be out, but I'm not sure yet. I have a friend designing the, the top for me. I have combat pants already, so I don't need those made. Um, Nick is working on a shield for me and possibly a helmet. And I know he's got a helmet for another one in the group too. And we're still trying to find a super soldier to rope Nick into um, to, oh. to the group. <laughs> so um, that's my current build. And then just some more Star Wars stuff. I'm debating getting, I've never done my own painting or anything. So I'm considering getting some Mandalorian armor and taking a whack at it myself. But it's tremendously expensive to find Mandalorian armor. It looks good. It, it can run a little bit of money. So uh that might be down the line a little bit and a storage issue for me too with big hard pieces. Um, yeah. So I'm not wearing them right away. Five gallon PVC buckets from Home Depot. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I'll be going that way. I have some of those in the garage actually from when I moved a year and a half ago <laughs> and I haven't unpacked I couldn't, I couldn't remember why I was saving them in my garage. And then one day it finally, the light switch came on and I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Cosplay. It's it's cheaper than buying sheets of Sintra if I just use a bucket. It's yeah yeah that's so. true. Um, I I do have a few projects sitting on my uh, my workbench. I'm working on uh, a Rorschach from the Watchmen film. Nice. Um, that's been one of those cosplays that I've always wanted to do, and I I genuinely don't know what stopped me from doing it, but COVID is happening, so I've been able to order the mask. Um, got the screen accurate hat. Um, the jacket I have, which needs to be dyed and distressed. Um, I already have the pants, have the boots. Um, he wears the same type of boots that uh, Wolverine wears in the first X-Men film. Mm -hmm. uh, hmm. Minus cool. uh, one detail that comes off the boot anyway. So I have him collected. I just don't have him finished. Um, I have a Red Hood costume that I'm waiting on uh, – the helmet to arrive in the mail. I commissioned a helmet from Dark Knight Effects, who is a really, Ooh, really, yes. really talented yeah, I've seen uh, maker. And I got the whole, It's it's been three years I've been eyeballing one of his helmets, and finally I just convinced myself to do it. Um, 
that's on the way. Once that gets here, I'll be able to put the costume together and uh, produce some photographs from that. And then I have, um, from WWE, there's a character called The Fiend, mm -hmm. who's this terrifying-looking backwoods clown, I guess is the best horror movie monster way I can describe it. And I'm so excited to finish the mask and put together the costume because the the gentleman who is the fiend, Bray Wyatt, he has three versions of himself. And luckily for me, I can make myself look like all three versions and do a photo series of the three different iterations of the character. So I'm really looking forward to doing that one. That's awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing those at this point. That sounds really cool. Yes. Um, so with that, man, that's about all we have for today. I appreciate you guys coming by and hanging out for a bit. Um, this will be released tonight at midnight. Um, after I get yes. it bounced and, you know, make sure we're good on the audio. Um, so as always, thank you for listening to everybody out there. Please subscribe to our, our podcast so you get alerts when they're dropping and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.